all the readings for the Easter season and all the Sundays have a lot of depth and they're all pointing to what has been shared with us in the introduction which is the presence of God in our lives and not just the presence of God but the presence of the risen Lord the Christ in our midst and therefore when we have a reading like this it definitely has a lot of depth and I would like to parallel it to our daily lives and to see how does this reading and how what is happening with these two disciples is something very similar in our lives too. So if you had to break down this passage, you first have these disciples who are downcast and feeling a certain sense of sadness. Then you have Jesus encountering them or being with them. Then there's a lot of discussions that are going on between them and they are trying to explain to Jesus the pain that they are experiencing and the sadness. And then you have Jesus talking to them. And finally, you have the meal, a kind of fellowship through which they are able to understand who Jesus is and recognize Jesus. And even though while Jesus is with them, they were not able to recognize him or their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. So how do we apply something like this to our daily lives? We all are like these two disciples. And one thing we are assured of, at least is assured of to us, is that Jesus is with us. Jesus is very much present in our lives and he is walking with us at every moment. But if Jesus is with us and is always walking with us, then why do we fail to recognize him? Why do we fail to see him and like these disciples get so caught up in so many things happening in our lives? And one thing is that there's a lot of pain that we carry with ourselves. There's a lot of external noise and there's a lot of internal noise too. And in that noise, somehow we are not able to hear Jesus and therefore we can't listen to him and neither are we able to see or recognize him. A poem that I'd come across some time ago and I just read part of it, at least the main part of it, which is, we don't live in bungalows, duplexes or flats. We live in our minds. That is where things messy, regrets piling up in a corner, expectations stuffed in a closet, Secrets under the carpet, worries littered everywhere, comparisons split on the table, complexes leaking from an old bottle, and grudges exist stinking in a box. No maid can clean it for you, you got to do it yourself. And I think for us, a lot of this is true because all that is the noise that we carry with us. It's the external noise and the internal noise, and because of this, we are not able to really see and experience God within. And therefore, when we take the next part, which is the interaction between Jesus and the disciples, and then we also have the fellowship, that also has a lot of value in our lives. Because fellowship very often is misunderstood in the context of a larger community, that the church community, the parish community, that's where fellowship is supposed to happen. Yes, we have the Eucharist, we have opportunities for that. But what we're really called to reflect upon is the community that is most important for the building of the church and that is the smallest community or the unit of a community which is the family. That's the foundation for so many things to happen. Everything that is happening after the resurrection is happening in the context of a community. You have the disciples who experience Jesus go back to a community. Mary Magdalene who experiences Jesus goes back to the community. These two disciples and Mary Magdalene were so caught up with so many things happening that they couldn't really see or recognize Jesus. But then what is really happening is as we heal and as we become aware of the things that are stopping us from recognizing God and we work towards that healing, 
we automatically begin to experience God from within. Because when all that noise begins to settle, there's a lot more peace, a lot more freedom. And that's when we begin to experience what these disciples were experiencing, which is simply a kind of a burning sensation of joy, knowing that God is with us. And that's what we're called to really reflect on to see is how do we develop opportunities for ourselves to be able to share things with others so that all that we're carrying with us is not a burden that we carry by ourselves, but we have a way of releasing it so that through that release, we experience healing. And through that healing, we become more and more aware of the presence of God within our lives. And that's the first part of our own healing. But then as we see, as I mentioned, with Mary Magdalene and with these two disciples, it's that experience of healing, that experience of joy, that once we are able to at least begin to see glimpses of it, we become instruments of healing to others. Mary Magdalene experiences Jesus. She goes running back to the community, and that's what we see in the first part of the reading. Then you also have the part of these two disciples who experience Christ and now they're going back as witnesses to that joy, as witnesses to the risen Lord. And I like the analogy or the symbolism of the direction when they say Emmaus, Jerusalem to Emmaus is northwest and from Emmaus back to Jerusalem is southeast. So you have the west and the east which is very symbolic of the west being the setting sun, a lot of sadness, a lot of darkness, while you have the east is the rising sun, where you have a lot of life, a new day, and a lot of energy and vibrance. And that's what we experience. When we are able to experience God, there will always be that experience of vibrance, the experience of joy, of new life, and that is what we're called to share with each other. And therefore, the grace we can pray for is the grace to just find ways to be able to listen to God so that by listening to him and being able to heal the noises that affect us from recognizing him, we are able to experience him deep down within and be able to share that experience through who we are and what we do. Amen.